Digital transformation continues to accelerate, yet most companies still struggle to achieve success. What sets the leaders of successful companies apart? In this podcast, top business leaders share what their goals are, why they're successful, and how they drive effective digital initiatives for their companies and for their customers. Welcome to the Walk Me Podcast. This is Digital Adoption. Episode 6, How to Align Goals and Execute Them, with our guest, Andrew Casey, the CFO at WalkMe, hosted by me, Leah Sainer. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have the CFO of our own company, WalkMe. We have Andrew Casey joining us today. Hi, Andrew. You onboarded during Corona, right? Like right when everything started? That's right. That's right. I I often tell people when I introduce myself that I joined a new company and on the second day of being the CFO, we had our first major crisis we had to go solve. And that was whether we're going to continue to have our in-person user conference the next week, given all the the raises we were starting to see in infections. And and really, it was a tough decision to make and, um, and one that we didn't take lightly. But I'm so glad we did because the following week we started having employees who also contracted the virus. You know, I don't know if you remember, but we didn't even have a work from home policy. We didn't know how our systems would actually operate. We didn't know how effective we would be at communicating and having meetings. And I think we take for granted sometimes today that that uh, we've moved so quickly and, and a lot of credit gives, is given to our IT staff about making this as much a seamless transition as we could. And I'm not trying to minimize the impact that the employees have had. I mean, in some cases it's been very difficult for people to, to try and work from home with small children and they haven't been able to go to school. So it hasn't been easy, but, but I, but I will tell you this, I think we are forever changed and there are some real positives that have come out from it. Um, and learning how to truly operate as a global company, having the, the, the uh, resilience with which to, to deal with this situation and continue to operate and grow and, and build uh, you know, a lasting company. I'm, I'm pretty proud of the progress that we've made. You are the final episode of our first season. And so I've had an amazing opportunity to really talk to all of these high-level executives from incredible companies. Um, and you are our only CFO. And I feel like it's a great, it's really awesome to also end off with someone from our own organization. So can you just like give me a little bit of information about what your role is as a CFO and like what your main goals are? Yeah, so let me let me it probably need to look it's a little bit of an insight into into me too and 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 how I became to to want to become a CFO. And I probably you know, I look back, it's probably been 25 years I've been focusing on what it takes to be a CFO and and patterning my own job experiences and different roles that I've taken to try and build up that 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 resume, if you will, of experiences that positions me for the right opportunity. And, it, and I look at the CFO job as, is, you know, if you think about different points in time, sometimes the CFO has been very much looked at as somebody who is very strong in accounting and finance and compliance. And you remember a period when before we had Sarbanes-Oxley and, and SOX requirements, there was a lot of fraud and, and we had the Enron situations. And, and right after that, the CFO role morphed a little bit into, no, no, I really need that person who's very strong in, in compliance and accounting and focus on that. But, but over time, that's shifted. 
in that the CFO has really taken on a more strategic role and more operational role. Yes, they had to have those technical competencies, but increasingly what companies and boards are looking for is CFOs that, that have those technical competencies, but use those to better inform decision-making, to, to really be participative in the operational fabric that is the company's strategic objectives and operational um, implementations. And that's the way I've, I've seen my role too. I, I certainly have the technical competence. I have my accounting credential, but the experiences that I've built over a period of time have always been about you know, really being focused on what I would consider more general management. You know, how you take finance and operational uh, understandings and experience and apply them into different situations. And so when I was, as I was building up my career, I got, I kind of got to the point where I felt it was the right time for me to become a CFO. I felt I had enough of those experiences and I was getting a, a, a number of overtures in which to become a CFO. But, you know, I could have been, a, I could have been a CFO at any company that was, that had an opportunity, you know, that was, and I had them at like a pharmaceutical company or a manufacturing company because I, I have a good cost accounting background. Right. But for me, the, it, the, the things that, that I really wanted to do was I wanted to be a part of a software company. I wanted to be part of a SaaS software company. Mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to be a part of a company where the CFO was looked upon as that strategic business partner and was very operational. And, and I wanted a company where the technology was very strong, the value proposition was strong that there was a good team in place. Um, and I would tell you that Dan and I have, a, Dan Adika, our CEO, we, and I have a really strong relationship. And that means a lot as far as how well the executives partner with yeah. one each other, with yeah. one another and drive the overall company. And then the last is, you were alluding to it earlier, and that's customer centricity. You know, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I went to school, my undergraduate and graduate degrees, you know, we're from the Peter Drucker School of Business. And, and Peter Drucker talks a lot about that the role of business is to create a customer and, and that the customer is really the central point of your, your overall operations. And, and I think that that's something I've carried with me throughout my career. And that's why I'm so focused on our customers today and, and really driving value for them. So those three elements were here at WalkMe. And, and when I was, um, I was looking for that next step in my career, WalkMe was serendipitously right there with the opportunity to become a CFO. And it was, it was very easy to, uh, to kind of slide in as the, as the CFO because I think um, Dan and Rafi and, and the board was really looking for somebody with my skill set in particular. And I was looking for, for WalkMe. So that's uh, that's kind of a, one year later. I I look back on all the things that we've accomplished, and I and I and it's the best decision that I've ever made in my career, and I'm very proud of the progress that we've made. Wow, that's amazing. I was going to ask you, what do you look for, you know, when you're looking for a, a company to join? Um, but you really answered that question, so that's awesome. Um, you know, in the beginning, you were you were saying that there were certain challenges that you faced right off the bat, just because it was new. Um, corona was new. Now that we're a year almost, which is crazy, um, into this reality, what are some challenges that you know you're facing um, at your level in an organization right now that you think probably other executives are facing as well? You know, things that are kind of universal issues right now, and maybe just what those challenges are, and like if you have some even success stories to kind of give people some some hope and some tactical advice. 
You know what I, I tell you is um, when I first joined, you know, Walkway, Walkway was, a, was fairly immature, despite the fact that we'd grown to over 150 million in annual recurring revenue. We were still fairly immature in our overall processes and how we managed. And and one of the things that I knew that um, we needed to do right after, right after we got out of the crisis of COVID, and we kind of knew that that look, we are we are going to survive. We are get, we are useful and valuable to our customers, and that's going to allow us to continue to thrive in an ongoing environment, I started to focus more on driving alignment across the company, a, a core focus on our on our purpose of really enabling customers' digital transformations. And then we broke down, you know, the key priorities for us at the company level to achieve our vision. And, and I've, I've told analysts and investors this, but I really believe that Walkney's got the capability to be a billion-dollar software company. And, you know, that's a journey. That's a long journey in which, you know, we'll, we'll continue to evolve and change and and build out our capabilities, but it starts with having an alignment towards those core priorities at the company level, and then learning how to drive that down through the organization so that we we, coll- we act collectively towards a common set of goals and objectives. And that's that goal cascading that you've probably heard about throughout the organization. We started to leverage you know, our let's talk process and a more quarterly cadence about how managers are communicating with employees. And it's about having that kind of rigor. Because what I noticed when I joined was we had a lot of good am, uh, ambitions and a lot of good focus, but they were siloed, you know, and they were independent of it. We weren't, we weren't working collectively. And, and what I tell people is, look, a company is, is a group that's brought together with a common set of goals and objectives and, and aims towards a common uh, aspiration. And so I've, that's why I've kind of put out there, look, we can be a billion dollar software company if we take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. And if we do it as a collective team, you know, and that's really about, you know, post cascading, then it's about making sure we're aligning our incentives and rewards. You just heard me talk about the company bonus program. Well, that's very much meant to align, you know, each person's goals and objectives as they, as they line up to the company's objectives and, and then getting rewards and incentives for achieving that. And that's about hyper, building a high performance culture and a high performance team. So, you know, the biggest part of that, I think, that's challenging. I wasn't the aspect of identifying it was certainly a challenge and making sure that we're we're communicating effectively. But now it's about um, really driving that change. You know, and the in the change in the way we do things. Um, there's there's just so many different changes we've done on the on our go to market team. You know, that is is different this year than we've done last year. And it's about aligning our resources to the biggest uh, uh, customers and making sure that. We're, we're expanding with those customers and driving value with those customers because if they get value, I can guarantee you we'll grow our revenue and, and our uh, footprint within the within their environments as well. So all those changes are now you know we're at the implementation phase mm-hmm. and it's about it's about having now the the leadership fortitude and continuous communication that it takes to execute right? because now we're now we're at a point where I. I think that we've we've articulated the market opportunity out there, and the market's starting to recognize the fact that a digital adoption platform is, is necessary for any digital transformation. So now it's really about us. It's about us executing on our goals, our objectives, our strategies in order to take advantage of it. And that that comes with you know a little bit of change in our cadence and our focus. But um, that's probably the biggest challenge I would say for us right now is is just is being mindful of the fact that we need to we need to execute. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting point, actually, that you were, you know, I think for a lot of companies right now, there's, um, 
there's no longer like an excuse that we're in a crisis. Um, and I do think 2021, yeah. um, interestingly, it's just going to, it's going to be really interesting to see what people actually do, what business leaders actually drive, where they put their, their attention and their focus. Like you have to be on Monday. I mean, I remember before Corona, we were on several different project management apps. We weren't all together on one application. And I remember thinking once we were working from home, oh my God, I'm so glad we all got on Monday, like a couple months before. Yeah. Um, it would have been a nightmare if half of us were on this program and half of us were on this app and it would have been insane. So I, yeah. yeah and, then, and then connecting them, right? Connecting them in the business process. I mean, so, so one of the things I think that you, what you're articulating too is what our customers are experiencing is they've gone to certainly remote work advance this, but the, the, the phenomenon of digital transformation is really, it's, it's really a great word to say you're using technology to go transform how you operate your business processes. And every business, it deals with this every year because they're faced with competition. The competition's try, constantly trying to figure out how they do more effectively or do better effectively. And so they're constantly finding ways to innovate and introduce new technology. The form that that's taken in enterprises is new software technologies. Yeah. Software is increasingly replacing not only manual activities, but even older software capabilities. You know, that's the whole move to the cloud is really replacing a whole bunch of either um, archaic uh, mainframe or client server technologies. And, And the problem has been that as new technologies have been introduced in the enterprise, they tend to be quite feature specific or focus or capability specific. They're solving a specific area. And when that happens and you don't actually bring your your users, your employees along with you, you, sent, you tend to get lower productivity, not improved productivity. So which was before, you know, we knew it was a bad process. We knew it was manual. We we're hoping software had the features and functions and capabilities to go drive business process change. Unless you address the people who are at the center of it, you know, and have them adopt the change that you're, you're thinking of through the software, you're actually not going to achieve the benefits associated with that business process that you want to have augmented. You know, I often think about, you know, I'm old enough where, you know, communications and business processes, a lot of times they were communicated through handwritten notes and you stick them in a yellow envelope and you'd route it to them, you know, and, and believe it or not, there are plenty of businesses who still operate that way, right? But we have technology today that can help to automate a lot of those processes and make them real time. Um, but unless users actually adopt those business processes, adopt those tools in an effective way, you, you just don't get the change that's necessary. So the key, the key enabler associated with productivity in the enterprise through the use of technology is WalkMe. WalkMe is the platform to drive digital transformations. And it's because it's addressing the one area that, that all enterprise software has neglected or or just tr- avoid it altogether, and that's the user's adoption. And and I think we can really offer a lot to our clients in this in this journey because they're all struggling with it. And it and and the the beauty of WalkMe and why I believe we have such great opportunities because there's so many different business cases in which we can go address because each business itself has its has has its own unique business process and how they operate, and they're trying to figure out how they improve it. Yeah. They're trying to figure out how they have a constant platform worth to drive change. Yeah. And, and like, like you said, and what they all have in common is users that all need to adopt their technology, whether they're in sales or in bar, yeah. regardless of what software they're using, it's, it's a universal 
challenge. Like I think 2021 is like the year of aligning departments, aligning goals, and then making sure you have the technology to really push those goals forward. Um, and like you said, digital adoption, you know, which is the title of this podcast, it's kind of like people can't quite put their finger on what the problem is. They're like, but we are moving ahead with digital transformation. We have a digital transformation lead and we have all of the best software and, you know, we really value digital culture. Like they're saying all the right words and then there's something missing and they can't put their finger on it. And I feel like, you know, this is digital adoption. Digital adoption is that missing piece, that user being able to just fully access and optimize everything that's at their fingertips. And it doesn't really matter how how many software applications you have, you know, you're still a human being. You're still going to be limited in how you can access them and, and use them. So I just feel like you, it's... Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, talk about it. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and by the way, I think, I think the role of CFO has got to be one that's, that's you know, a little bit of a visionary too. You've got to be able to see around corners. You've got to be able to anticipate what the new business climate's going to be. And, and sometimes it doesn't always, you know, work out on your spreadsheet to the very little bit on how you're, you're driving change. But I mean, I'll give you an example. You use the example how IT and HR are collaborating more and more. The reason they're collaborating more and more is because retaining and attracting top talent and making sure that the, the experience for employees at work is more like the experience they have in their consumer lives. So they're, you're able to interact with software and get things done and be productive. You know, that's, that's the expectation of employees increasingly. And if HR and IT aren't collaborating on how best to use new software technologies to make that, that process more effective, you know, then companies will have attrition. They will have uh, employee dissatisfaction. And, you know, maybe you can't quantify it really simple, but I, I know I can get to the point where I can quantify it. And I can tell you that, you know, there are big savings if you actually do those things in the right way. And if, if we are able to attract and retain our, our top talent and we're able to provide them with, you know, a, 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 an environment in which they feel productive, they're contributing to the career, they're growing their capabilities and experiences, then we're going to benefit from it. So there's, there's no doubt that, you know, the CFO has to have a little bit of that um, mentality and frankly thrive in a period under which you're, you're see tremendous change and you're driving change. I think that's my role is to actually help and drive that change. And, and the, the reality our customers are experiencing that every day. And there, it's, this is the, the one point you're, you're hitting is it's right. The software industry has done a great job at convincing users that they have made investments. Mm-hmm. They've bought the software. It has the features, functions, capabilities that that should drive to outcomes, but they miss the user. And and the fact of the matter is there's now not just two applications like an SAP and Oracle that you log into. There could be hundreds across the enterprise. And and the the former ways of teaching people how to interact with those applications just don't work. And and we have to do do better. And frankly, that's why I I see the the real potential for Walkman. And, And the truth is, Leah, I learned about the potential of WalkMe because I failed, right? I failed at an implementation at, at ServiceNow in an application environment. And I didn't realize how important, you know, really driving adoption was. But when I used WalkMe, it became very, very clear. And then every application transition that we did afterwards included WalkMe. We were very successful, not only in getting implementation and change, but also driving the business outcomes that we expected. So you're right. 
the, the CFO, when you talk to other CFOs, they're going to ask, well, what is the real benefit associated with, with yeah. WalkMe? What, what can you share with me? And yeah. We need to do our diligence and understand as we're talking to clients, what are their, what are the business problems they're trying to solve and how can we uniquely help them solve them? But at the end of the day, it, it, it is truly about change. It's about driving adoption and change in business processes and using the underlying technologies that they've, they've typically purchased. Awesome. Well, all right. I'm sold. I'll buy walk me. <laughs> so you talked a lot about how you approach your role strategically. Um, how much of a role do you think values play in uh, being a successful leader in, you know, getting to where you are and in being able to continue to make great career decisions that, you know, that grow, do you see that there's kind of like this, like, you know, common link between people in your, in your, uh, in your level of business, that there's like a, a strong value um, driver there? Absolutely. And, and probably in the CFO uh, ranks, you know, integrity is one of the biggest values that uh, you typically would see. Um, and I will tell you, I'm a big proponent of, um, I, you've heard me say it a couple of times, operational execution. But what that means to me is you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And, and that the, when you say it, you, re, you really make sure that people understand when it's been accomplished so that that trust is there, that, that foundation is there, that the integrity and the substance with which you communicate has meaning to it. One of the things I will tell you as a leader that I've learned is sometimes, sometimes and it's a fault of my own, sometimes I have a vision that's too far in advance. People don't see it. They don't see the, the milestones, if you will, how to get there. But one of the things that I found is that if you have the trust of the organization that you're doing the right things for the right reasons, the division, they may not be able to see it, but at least they can say, well, I trust in the fact that those visions are being created out of the best intents and the best motivations. And so that maybe I can't see it right now, but I'm willing to be a part of that. I'm willing to, to take that next step toward changing how we do things in order to make progress on that. And then, you know, it's, and then it's the job of leaders to make sure that we're, we're mapping out what those milestones look like. But that's, that's how I think that, uh, you know, my onboarding was about building trust in the organization. My, and, and as we built the trust, then we started to be able to make progress on, you know, building our, building our organization, our company um, for scale. Awesome. All right. I don't want to run out of time. We have to hit the hot seat questions. Welcome to the hot seat. Now let's get a little more personal with the hot seat questions. Andrew, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, that one's an easy one. I want to be a baseball really? player. Oh. And, yeah. I, um, and now uh, if, if anybody asked me about my son, they would find out that my son's now at the university of Chicago and he's, he's playing baseball for the university of Chicago and, you know, super proud of him. But I would tell you that, uh, He's he's uh, he's my hero with respect to pursuing his passions and his dreams and uh, you know doing what I always wanted to do when I was a little kid. So I wanted to be a baseball player. Awesome. What is the last app that you downloaded? Well, I t- this morning I had to do the Octa Mobile uh, verify because we rolled out new software for the organization, making sure we're upgrading our security and our infrastructure. So that, uh, to be honest, it was the Octa Octa Mobile client this morning. That's what I downloaded. <laughs> I love that. I'm always always on Octopush. The best. What is the okay. first software experience that you remember having? 
You know what? Um, I'll, I don't remember the, maybe the first one I had because that's probably back in you know the days of like they'll really date me. That's like Space Invaders or other things on video games. Right. But um, I will tell <laughs> I will tell you the, the moment I knew I was going to be in technology was um, I was I was a controller early on in my career um, in a leasing company and I was writing our lease pricing uh, application in Access. So. Back then, I was even a little bit of a nerd uh, learning how to do visual basic programming um, in a Microsoft environment. And I knew that I really, really enjoyed what software could do and how you could be so creative in it. And it's uh, to this day, you know, certainly I'm a finance accounting person, but I will tell you I'm a little bit of a nerd too, because I really, I just love what software can do. Awesome. All right. If you could automate one thing in your life, what would it be? Oh, uh, I wish I had a switch that gave me more patience. You know, I, I, that's that's the one struggle I have is I I uh, I have to remind myself that I need to be a little bit more patient. And uh, if you probably talk to tomorrow or others, they tell you I've, I've got tons of patience. But I, I would tell you that's because I've really worked on it. Um, it's uh, not something I'm I'm very good at. Um, but I wish I had a switch that that someone say someone could tell me, hey, Andrew, turn on your patience switch. And I'm like, okay, I have more patience. Um, Automated. Well, it's not fast, but you could do yoga. That's my suggestion. <laughs> All right. Good, good suggestion. Yeah. All right. If you could take a digital device or a pet with you for the weekend, which would you choose and why? Um, I would take I would take my pet. <laughs> I think I was. I think you said a weekend, so I would take. I would take probably one of uh, one of our cats <laughs> because they would remind me of uh, they would remind me of the, the that there is point in time when you need to decompress a little yeah. bit and and do your own thing. Um, I think we're so connected these days; it's easy to get too involved. It's uh, you know nobody expects, including me, that everybody is available twenty four by seven, and so putting the device once in a while down, I think, is a good thing. Um, you know. Pets are a great way to decompress. I would tell you, I I often spend time. Uh, I go I go play golf. It's one. It's the thing I do. People. Some people do yoga, like you say, or they work out. Um, I I go play golf, and it's because one, I enjoy the sport, but two, it allows me to think about one thing, and that's the next mm-hmm. shot. I don't think about work. I don't think about family. I don't think about the pressures of daily life. What I think about is just. The, the the progression and the enjoyment of the game it's it's my way of kind of walling off the rest of the world and i think that everybody needs that that time to themselves it's what drucker used to call quiet moments of reflection and you need those once in a while without the intrusion of the outside world in order to be creative in order to let your mind wander and do things that and maybe um it's not normally going to do unless you allow it if you could sum it up in one sentence Here's one goal that you have for Walk Me, the organization, big or small, this upcoming year. Only one, huh? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, summar- I'll summarize it in one word. Execute. You know, we, we, we have a tremendous, tremendous market opportunity. I don't think that people understand how really big it is. It's bigger than the mobile transition. It's bigger than 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 some of the big transitions we've we've gone through as 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 a technology landscape, you know. And it's it's one that's so fundamental. And it's about how humans interact with technology and, and how that's changing. 
dramatically. And so the opportunity for us is, is so large and it would be a shame if we didn't really take it, take this opportunity this year to really execute on, on our goals and objectives and take advantage of that opportunity. So for me, it's about execution. Awesome. All right, Andrew, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for having me. And I, I appreciate the interaction. It's been fun. Yeah, totally. All right. Have a great day. It's, it's nighttime here, so I'm signing off. <laughs> All right. Tonight. Bye. Thank you. Want to hear from more top leaders? All of season one is available now. This is Digital Adoption.